This week, I submitted the first ever uh, musical collaboration between you and I yeah. to Spotify. It's actually going to be able to be heard by people that aren't us. I think, for one, that should be applauded. The fact that the two of us over... Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> over the last, I'd say... Two years, probably, since we first started. It's been a long one. It has, but we finally got 10 tracks which we decided were good enough to release to the world. And that is the thing about art, is that even though it might not be very good, I think it's great. I've listened to it a couple of times, right through, start to finish. I think it's great. I like it. I really hope people will like it. But it's it's great that we're actually putting it out there. Got, like, top-notch album artwork, which James did. And, uh, and the songs are fun, really fun. It looks a wee bit like MS Paint artwork, and that's okay. <laughs> well, it's better than mine, which was literally MS done Paint on Paint artwork. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, just for those of you who have uh, whose interest has been sufficiently piqued, uh, I will tweet a video of uh, friends with some of our upcoming music. And if you're if you like what you hear, clever edit a clever edit that is. If you like what you hear, then it is coming out on Valentine's Day. Uh, for all you <laughs> lovers out there, uh, we're called Luna and the Trains. Yeah, which is a great which name. Which one I'm of us is Luna? Which one of us is the Trains? <laughs> no one's ever gonna know. Who knows? But I'm, I have to thank my sister-in-law for that name. Long story short, but uh, yeah, great name. And the album's called Just Junk in the Way because we stopped trying to name things. Eventually, to <laughs> me <laughs> again, uh. the, the the titles of the songs we put on that album are excellent. Yeah, go find them. Tweet me your favourite one. Yeah, th- yeah, absolutely. Like the, the album will be on Spotify for a pre-release or pre-order, if you could even do that on Spotify, uh, like, in the next few days. Maybe. So no. go check us out. And don't worry, I will be tweeting this to high heaven once it does come we'll out. We'll remind you again in two weeks' time. Exactly. And then we can maybe even use samples. Do I, should we use some samples as opening <laughs> We'll start using music? the samples and I'll realise that we've used them all before <laughs> for different <laughs> intros. <laughs> Yeah, but that's exciting, you know. Billboard Top 200. They just have, they just have the Grammys. Grammys, here we come. Yeah, Grammys, who needs a real studio anymore is what we've learned from the Grammys this year. You don't need a big studio. You can get the Grammys by working in your bedroom. It's, I mean, we, this is not actually on the, the run order, but Billie Eilish, who won four Grammys at 18, which is ridiculous, but also amazing. She's, yeah. she's very, very talented. Uh-huh. But she and her brother who did that in her bedroom for 200 quid. Yeah, did the engineering what? all themselves. Good stuff. I mean, they wouldn't have got the Grammys if they didn't get picked up by some distributors and stuff. Well, of, co- but still, of course, but still. It shows that you can get you can make Grammy-worthy material. Exactly. Within the confines of your little hovels. All we need to do now, James, is dye our hair green and shoot music videos when we've got spiders crawling on our faces. Yeah, can't wait. Or we can just make, we can make it slightly uh, less dark. And we can replace the spiders with... I don't know why Haribo came to mind, but it did. And uh, just wear nice wigs that we can take off at the end of the end of the shoot. So we don't... Yeah, you don't want to dye our hair. We, we just buy wigs. But, wigs and Haribo. Yeah. I mean, I do that anyway, so... Yeah. <laughs> I didn't feed my cat yet, by the way. So oh, we go, do, well, go do that. Go do that. No, she was being obnoxious, so she's getting her food withheld for an hour. Ah, good. So that's what we like. Cat discipline. That is what we like. <laughs> that's Cat Dealey's long-lost cousin. 
What? God, so bad. It's so that's how, bad. That's how family names work. Oh, right. James, welcome to Season Parade, episode 191. We're here. I reckon for season two, when we get past episode to, to episode 200, we just stop giving them numbers. Cut discipline. <laughs> right. Sorry. So you were saying to episode 200. You just stop naming, just stop giving the numbers, just give them the name. It's coming, right? We've got to make a change every season. I reckon we just, we drop the numbers. They're meaningless. No, well, well, okay, well, yeah, I see your point. I see your point. But then I think both of us would lose track on how many we'd actually done. That's fine. We just count how many tracks there are. Okay, well. Well, we can keep, we can keep the files on our systems with numbers and then yeah, that's not a good idea. them. That's a very there good idea. Go. Yeah, I like this. Advanced planning, uh, changing it up That's the big for every season. Up. If anyone has any objections... Just see where everybody. That's the best idea we've had. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we've had many ideas, most of which never make the air. I'm Colin and he is James. Indeed. Back again in your earlobes to talk for an extended period of time. And please do get in touch. Tell us we're wrong. Debate, disagree. And... Uh, just talk to us. That's all. That's all we ask. Just, and we actually have had people huh? get in touch, which what? is great. Oh boy! Well, one was one was in person, and one was a tweet, and the other was a WhatsApp. So, so thank you. That's good stuff. Uh, well, first of all, to uh, to Murray, who did say, "I have a friend whose fiance referred to 1917 as 1917." We're so close. We just need. Is, we just uh, need them to go one step further and read it as a number. In that one next step further. I went running on Saturday with Katerina, left her yeah. behind. I'm very sorry about that. Well, you're so fast, Colin. Ah, just like, I'm I'm like Sonic, except less blue. That's the spikier. only difference. You're you're <laughs> just as spiky. That's the weird part. <laughs> exactly. I collect gold coins. Uh, who knows where I hide them? I was running with Katerina and uh, she referred to said podcast. First of all, said that Harry, uh, your comment about Harry formerly referred to as Prince was very funny, made her laugh. Oh, Yes. Finally. So well done. <laughs> That's the first time anyone's ever told me that I made them laugh on the podcast. And then audibly referred to the film as 1917 simply so she could say, there we go, oh, someone has said it. You did it. Yeah. Dreams again do come true. For me exclusively. <laughs> exactly. Angelia, thank you for tweeting. Always hyping up that Seesaw Parade. Ten episodes away from a parade party, y'all. Uh, which is very, it's it's very Angelia, I must say. Yeah, sure. It is very Angelia. <laughs> I mean, I would, I would say, like, if we do have a parade party, we are multiplying two things that describe a similar event. What do you mean? A parade and a party. Oh right. Oh okay. Oh yeah. I, oh. Yeah, we're 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 kind of exaggerating the the magnitude of this celebration. Is this kind of is this one of those times where you multiply a thing and it just cancels out? <laughs> We're just going to be a seesaw. The thing is, I like genuinely, I think if you were like, hey, everybody, we're doing this, like some people might even show up. Let's hope so, because we're going <laughs> to okay. do something. Honestly, I think we should, because even, there, even the people who listen to the show and never comment in, I know you're out there because you've made comments in the past. Uh, <laughs> anyway, those of you who just listen... And you're the you're the you're the the silent majority, as Boris Johnson once so to speak, yes, eloquently put it. You never know; they may say, "You know what, James Colin, we're in, we're in for a a parade party. We'll bring our own seesaws and enjoy them with you." Exactly. So it's too early to say, but yes, genuinely, I think we should do something. And uh, also, 
last week, you may recall that we were uh, we opened by saying that we were struggling for news. And of course, Izzy then uh, got in touch and uh, sent me a screenshot of the coronavirus. So guess what we're going to start talking about this week, James? Donald Trump. Uh, yes, yes, we are. We're going to start with uh, the coronavirus, in fact. Donald Trump may or may not make an appearance later on. This is the uh, the ongoing story, which has been growing over the last two weeks we're now at the exponentially exponentially uh-huh, growing yeah, yeah. So like, indeed, n- oofs. nearly five thousand cases worldwide over a hundred uh-huh. people have died uh, germany today this is tuesday have confirmed their first uh, case of the coronavirus hong kong has cut its border crossings um the foreign office in the uk has asked british people in the wuhan province to urgently get in touch with the consulate in Beijing, and increasingly people are panicking. James, what's your your general feeling on this at the moment? I mean, these um, animal-to-human mutations of viruses are always pretty scary, right? There's been a fair few in, in, in living memory, and they've always caused a bit of a panic. Uh, but just the fact that this one seems to be developing at a, ra- at a more rapid pace, seems to be spreading at a more rapid pace... Uh, either means that we should be more scared of it because it, in its nature, is worse, or that there was some cover up as to the numbers, and now that we're getting more and more of the numbers, it's it's worth being scary because it got it started spreading too far. Uh, it's, yeah, it's a pretty big deal. We 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 need to keep an eye on it, but I wouldn't really be too worried about like leaving your flat yet. You know, we're all the way over here. Uh, don't don't buy your face mask and apply it straight away. Save your, save your, save your um, food supplies. Yeah. Uh, it's it's a big story and it's going to keep getting bigger, but the fact that everyone's kind of cooperate, cooperating now, where before it was just the uh, people within one city that were trying to handle it, um, is a good sign. There are two, two further factors here. The first one being 97 people have been tested for the coronavirus in Britain. Currently, uh, zero positive diagnoses of said virus the yeah other complication has been that it was the chinese new year the start of the lunar new year year of the rat in china which is the busiest i'm told the busiest uh travel period for chinese nationals which meant that chinese people all over the world were going to and fro hence the spread of the uh, illness and hence why Taiwan, for example, have today confirmed their first case. US and Canada are now testing for for people um, suffering from this respiratory illness, which apparently symptoms don't show for a week or two, which is very handy indeed. Yeah, one of those like sleepers and then it wakes you up and you've all of a sudden got a pretty bad flu. For most people, like people of people with no further health complications, it should be should be quite okay. Yeah. Like just you'll be quarantined for a week or two, you'll get better. Similar to what happened to the folks who got swine flu and stuff. Similar to the other ones. Um, but it looks like it has got a higher um instance of death than than previous flus. So just keep an eye on the news, I suppose. Yeah, and these things do come in cycles. Uh, as you'll recall, swine flu, Ebola, take it oh, 12 years like, ago, SARS. Yeah. I vaguely remember that. These things do, you know, they're deadly. Yeah. But in terms of what are the chances of you getting it, 
slim to none. Yeah, unless unless we start getting told to really, really worry because it's mutated and become super, super contagious and yeah. even worse, then um, it's going to be similar to the other ones that have happened. Uh, and it, these kind of things are inevitable when you've got packs and packs of people living side by side with packs and packs of animals, uh, all um, living, using the same water systems, using the same food, and uh, not cleaning um, foods properly and all that. If anything is going to happen, you're going to eventually get a disease from said animals, as has happened throughout history. So sticking with serious news and over to the US... And the story of Kobe Bryant, who was killed in a helicopter crash uh, on Sunday. Nine people on board the helicopter died, including uh, Kobe's 13-year-old daughter, Gianna. Investigators are still attempting to figure out what caused it, but this has given uh, or led to an outpouring of grief. Kobe Bryant being one of the most prolific, most famous basketball players of all time. Uh, widely considered one of the greatest players in the game's history, five-time NBA champion, only played for one team his entire career, uh, the LA Lakers. Also a double Olympic gold medalist, retired a few years ago, and uh, tributes have come in from everybody and basketball games were cancelled across the country. Is it? It's difficult to understate the magnitude of what Kobe Bryant did to the sport, and it's it's tragic seeing that essentially this is how it's all come to an end. Yeah, these kinds of stories are always super sad when you hear about someone just meeting their end uh, as an undeserved and early time. Yeah. And then this one's doubly tragic because his daughter also happened to be in the helicopter. And it's even more tragic because it seems to be pilot error rather than... Uh, happenstance. It just seems to be the pilot made some deliberate decisions to take risks that weren't necessary and flew too low. Again, the investigation is still ongoing, but that's what experts are leaning towards. So it's just all kinds of sad. And while, like most people who aren't too invested in just general sports, I can't say I followed Kobe's career too closely, but I still knew him. So it, Pretty big name, so a lot of people out there will have felt very strong things about him. Yeah, and I mean that kind of a loss hits people, and then it kind of brings out your associations with other um, tragedies, and you know, people get overwhelmed with these things. It's, it's upsetting. There's a couple of points before we move on to one more news story. The impact of Kobe Bryant, even in passing reference to any attempt of myself or a family member attempting to throw something in a bin would be oh, met yeah. with a shout of Kobe. Yeah, he became a part of culture. <laughs> yeah, which is which is amazing to have someone have such a massive impact that even something as subtle as chucking rubbish is is followed by shouting his name. Secondly, yeah. you may not you may have missed this, but the BBC's in memoriam report on the news at 10 talks about Kobe Bryant and this that the next thing followed by shots of LeBron James. Oh no. Which is awful. And thinking who is getting that so badly wrong that that is what you're using as as the shots to what was meant to be a very respectful uh, honoring piece looking back at his career and using the shots of the wrong black basketball player how yeah, oh, it was terrible just dire. but it's what happens when you employ your entire sports division based off our knowledge of exactly one league and exactly <laughs> one sport 
that's very true. Let's uh, take one more uh, upsetting story, shall we say, and talk about the Doomsday Clock. Now, this is set every second year, I believe, or perhaps it's every year. We've talked about it before, either way. Yeah. We have, absolutely, yeah. Um, by the Bulletin of Atomic Scientists. They've done it since 1947. It's essentially a board of experts who set the time uh, of how long it is until humanity is no more. How close we are to extincting ourselves. Yeah, so the phrase is as close to annihilation than we've ever been before. So the headline is, we are now 100 seconds to midnight, because of course this is how they set the clock, so and so to midnight. Mm -hmm. The furthest away we've ever been was 17 minutes to midnight. That was in 91. Uh, or 92, after the Berlin Wall fell and the oh. Iron Curtain came down. Wow. And everything everything was fun and everything was nice. Whereas now, <laughs> fun and nice, I don't know why those two are... Fun and nice, mind. 17 minutes to complete annihilation, fun and nice. Whereas now we're, we are 100 seconds to midnight, much nearer uh, to catastrophe. So it's probably like only fun now, no yeah. more nice left. Exactly. They've, they've moved it closer and nearer to catastrophe than ever before in its 70-year history. Previously, it was at two minutes... To midnight, uh, to midnight, which was as close as it, uh, as it had ever been up until that stage, matching uh, the depths of the Cold War. So this time, the Bulletin of Atomic Scientists said that the change reflected increasing concern about the climate, yeah. global warfare, yeah. misinformation, and more. Those various dangers are combining with each other to endanger the world yet more. Of course. Your thoughts on this, James? It's largely symbolic, but... Still pretty <laughs> no, it's super scary. Official. As soon as they tick that final second, everything's just going to explode. These are the guys <laughs> that are in charge. Uh, no. What do you think? Like, if it does, it feels like we're, we're worse uh, off as a as a um, species than we were a year ago, two years ago, because of rising tensions in general. Uh, not much of it feels completely beyond resolving. I think climate stuff you can look to take a lot of steps to be fixing that just across the globe but there was a cat there there is a cat she's she's becoming more catty again okay continue so it takes the powers to do these things so like much like every every almost every single measure that the doomsday folks are going to take into consideration is something that you and i have no control over whatsoever it's something that nobody that doesn't have uh, oodles of power or oodles of money um, can affect. I don't even know if that sentence made sense anymore. Who knows? I, I, I know what you meant. I know what you meant. Yeah. Um, so we're looking to the world leaders and stuff to bring some of these things to a close. I'm reckoning if, if we manage to get rid of certain world leaders soon and replace them with more kind ones and more caring ones, maybe we will be further away from doomsday. Especially if we can all make climate agreements, please, and start yeah. holding companies to account instead of like telling everybody else all the little people to use their car less. But do you really think that's going to happen? Let's, I mean, be honest here. Do you no. seriously expect that to change? No, no, no. Because, well, not while we, we rely so heavily on a capitalist market, which inevitably is just a accruing of power and money by a smaller and smaller group of people. It is the inevitable end of our current global system to have people be selfish and self-interested and not worried about the world and not worried about the future. So we need huge overhaul and there's no way the people that are in power are going to let us do that. I mean, for me, for me, it's difficult to, to see a way back. 
from the this doomsday clock scenario. I know they've wound seconds back in the past, not for a long time, but you would need to have serious change, actual action going towards saving the climate for that to be even brought back to two minutes to midnight. I reckon one thing that could happen that will <laughs> that will somehow make it go real far back after going forward a bit is entire revolution. The systems of inequality that everyone's suffering under inevitably cause collapse of whatever those systems are because the uh, underprivileged many eventually run out of patience. So if the people in charge don't figure out all this stuff pretty soon, it's going to be forced upon them because that's just what happens. It's what's happened throughout history over and over again. Eventually unfair systems come to a dramatic end and the doomsday clock will come real close to midnight when that's going on. But as soon as it's done... Yep. Hey, it's 17 minutes again. Okay. Before we talk uh, some more about the headlines of the past week, including uh, Jeff Bezos, the US Space Force logo, and uh, Prince Andrew. (laughs) That's a weird logo. It is. Let's... (laughs) Let's talk about what we've been watching. Oh, yeah. James, I've got I've got two things in the list. Uh, so do you. I'm going to let you go first, and you can choose what you would like to tell me about what you've been watching. All right, I'll start with The Witcher. So this is, this is Henry Cavill based on a game slash book. On a book that has had games made too. <laughs> okay. And it's, it, I think I was surprised by it. I was expecting it to be a more TV-esque, but okay. it turned out to be quite an anthology i guess season one is entirely a build-up all of it wait 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 hold on there is only a season one exactly so they need to make season two otherwise it was all for nothing the, the whole point of season one is to help us get to know the characters that are going to matter in future seasons. And that's about it. It's well, very episodic. Look, if 13 Reasons Why and you can get season twos, then The Witcher can definitely get season two. And it looks like it is. And it looks like it's getting some animated f- films and stuff like that as well. Because it's turned out that even though it's not being critically acclaimed, it is one of the most popular shows that Netflix has released. Which is very weird because it's so hard to watch if you don't know much of the story. It's jumping between several different timelines. Characters are jumping ahead 10 years but not aging at all. Oh, man. It's it's quite confusing, but it is pretty great in general. Looks great, sounds great. The fighting sequences are well choreographed. It's got all the parts that really matter. And Cavill's excellent, especially when he was trying to build up his character's voice and action of the game. Because he took that into consideration because he loves he loves games and whatnot. Yeah. Um, so he's done a great job of bringing the character to life in a slightly different way, but still very much like the the game character was. Okay. So would you... And did you knew the game or the book before you played... You, before you Not started? very well, but enough. Right. Okay. Do you? Is it a prerequisite of seeing The Witcher? No. But just be warned that there's several timelines. That will help you to to understand. (laughs) If you go into it thinking it's like linear and that it's one story, it's going to make no sense at all until like eventually it clicks. Fair enough. Because they just drop the hints until they show you actually at several timelines. But I think that's a waste of time. Just go in knowing it. (laughs) 
Yeah, fair enough. James, you'll be pleased to know that uh, this week, instead of four things, I've only watched two. Would you like to hear about Adam Sandler or Guy Ritchie? Uh, Tell me about Guy Ritchie, please. Right. So Guy Ritchie, for those of you who are familiar with the name, perhaps less familiar with the work, is a British director who has done a whole load of British crime films. Things like Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels and Snatch. And most recently, that terrible Robin Hood adaptation with David Beckham. In fact, it wasn't even Robin Hood. It was the Arthur. It was King Arthur. King Arthur, yeah. Charlie Hunnam. Anyway, he's gone back to his British crime gangster roots and added Matthew McConaughey into the mix. Oh, yeah. So he did. So this... It tells the story of, of Matthew McConaughey's character, who's a drug kingpin, and his plans to retire, and how they are thrown up into the air by by crime things that happen. <laughs> you really need to become a writer for these things. <laughs> the film is... I, I've realised I've omitted the name of the film. It's called The Gentleman. There you go. It is rated 18. It has more uses of See You Next Tuesday than I've ever heard in a film before. To be fair, regional makes... that That works. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Hugh Grant uh, is the narrator. He's he's. It's really interesting, actually. The whole film is told by Hugh Grant in a kitchen with Charlie Hunnam's character, and as Hugh Grant is telling the story, it's cutting back and forth to what he's describing. Right. It's so a they've, very they've interesting the, technique. The narrator, but they've also put him in the in the story. It's like narrator with cutscenes. Yeah. 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 It's a Really interesting technique on how to tell a film, as opposed to just, here's here's the start, here's the middle, yeah. here's the end. It's cutting back and forward, and sometimes he's an unreliable narrator. Like, you'll see something, oh, nice. and then he'll come back to the kitchen, and Charlie Hunnam's character says, uh, it did not happen like that, and then it shows the reality oh, of it. that's pretty so, cool. All right. It is. It is, in terms of a device to tell a story, and something just something different. It, I did really well, like yeah, it. If you want to make narration work, you've got to try and do it a slight bit different than most films do, which is just the disembodied, omniscient voice. Yeah. In terms of the, the characters, it looks like all of them are having a fantastic, fun time. You've got Hugh Grant, Colin Farrell, Charlie Hunnam, Matthew McConaughey, who's just playing himself, but he's great. It's a pretty banging list. He's, he's excellent, though. And Jeremy Strong, who is a slight, like a slightly homophobic, over-the-top gay character. Uh, however... Oh. I did like it a lot simply because it was different. It was entertaining and it was it was fun. Yeah, I liked fun. it. That's what we want sometimes. It's just fun. But yeah, but in terms of like uh, an enjoyable way to spend 100 minutes, yeah, you could do worse. <laughs> yeah, that's good to hear. Maybe just don't watch it with your mum. Yeah, yeah, you got to take, take these things into account. And even though you aren't watching it with your mum, she will walk in at exactly the wrong time. <laughs> at the worst moments. Yes. Uh, yeah. It also plays fast and loose with the amount of people you can kill in Britain and not have a single policeman show up. But, you know, <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Which in real life isn't too many, really, let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, it's not 10 or 11. I've tried. Um, I definitely have not tried. Right, James, I'm saving the best till last, so you can uh, tell me that second thing you've been watching oh, this week. What else did I write? I've got a billion things. I forgot which one I wrote. Oh, I watched an anime, Colin. Oh, what? And both of no these way. are things I watched about a month ago, but I'm catching up now. <laughs> okay. Tell me about it. This one is called Made in Abyss. And that's not maiden, like the word. It's made in, the two words. It's an, And just to be clear, this is not a spinoff of Made in Chelsea. No, no, definitely not. Or any other Made in um, franchises. <laughs> made uh, in Manhattan. Again, it's, it's, not one of those, it's another one of those animes that is going to be a wee bit hard to describe in a way that makes a lot of sense. But basically, it's about uh, an, a big old abyss 
at a culture that has been <laughs> founded around it because the okay. people like to go down and get the treasures from the giant hole and bring them back. Wow. Uh, and it's following the story of a young lass who has jumped in to dive to the very bottom of the abyss before she was even really allowed to go anywhere near that level. Okay. Oh, she's so brave. So brave. Uh, but no, it's just, it's genuinely just a very well done, again, very beautiful, again, uh, well acted, well scripted anime, like a lot of the good ones that I watch are. And it's got a lot of positives. And a cat. And a cat. Hold on. I don't remember what the last thing I was saying was because I got rudely interrupted by a very annoying noise. Like a lot of the shows I watch, uh, the soundtrack is very significantly good. Uh-huh. Because I like shows that have good soundtrack and the sound is great. And the characters are interesting. There's characters that are good for good reasons. There's characters that are bad for good reasons. And there's characters that are bad for bad reasons, but well-written bad reasons. Okay. And that's all you ever need. And... I, I don't want to go into it too much more, but yet again, it's it's just another one that I absolutely adore, and I had to buy it to watch it. Oh, really? Because it wasn't available for streaming, but it was so well recommended that I just knew I had to buy it and try it out. Fair enough. Um, so there's one season out, and there's more to come. Well, thank you, James. Let me tell you about a sentence I never thought I'd say. Where is Adam Sandler's Best Actor nomination? I reckon I reckon he could have got it if he ended up being an inglorious bastard like he was supposed to be. Right, Here's here's my tuppence on it and i've read some i've read some into this because his performance in the other film i watched this week uncut gems yeah. is just brilliant it is his career best uh, and it's not even close so i believe the reason the academy snubbed him for this and i'll tell you i'll tell you more about his performance in a minute is because they're looking at his body of work yeah no and they're seeing too much of these terrible, terrible comedies, which they are. No. And not enough of the serious stuff. That doesn't matter. Uh, no, it shouldn't, but that apparently is the way that the Academy have decided to ignore him this time round. Right. However. I reckon we should start our own Academy. Which The thing is, he is getting some love from other awards bodies, so it's not the be-all and end-all. And ultimately, yeah. having read interviews with the supporting cast and with the directors, it didn't seem like the awards is what they were even aiming for. It's just a, a happy byproduct of what has been, yeah. what, what is a, let me put it like this, the most stressful film Ooh. I think I've ever seen. Oh, all right. To the extent the Guardian, the Guardian headline or the Guardian review was, this film is so stressful it should come with a panic attack warning. And genuinely, <laughs> genuinely, I agree. Now I need to see it. The last, the last act of this film is, you know, I was gripping the chair with <laughs> both hands, nails ripping up carpet and toes curling. Oof. So this, just to give you a, a brief synopsis, a New York jeweler who has a serious gambling addiction and is pawning off these increasingly high-value assets to fund his gambling addiction. However, he is owing money to some very nasty people. Right. And uh, he's the stakes continue to rise and rise and rise until the very end. And uh, my goodness, what, what a finale. It is for something so routine. He's just like, a, he's just a dude in New York, essentially just hoping that this, this bet comes off. It is, right, okay, yeah. un, it is just a phenomenal film. Mainly, 
by just for the sheer power of Adam Sandler's acting. He can... Now, I've said this before. I watch Tom Cruise in a film. I think that's Tom Cruise in a film. Yeah. I watch even Charlie Hunnam in The Gentleman. I thought, oh, it's just Charlie Hunnam. Right. This one, you are so captivated by the character Adam Sandler is playing, a guy called Howard Ratner. You believe you're watching this guy, Howard Ratner. Good job. He is honestly brilliant. And I'm so disappointed for him that he was ignored. Yeah. The... Safdie brothers, who are the directors here, uh, previously did Good Time, which is a film with Robert Pattinson, which is equally excellent. A little bit weird. The film is the film has a couple of moments which is a which shows it to be an indie film as opposed to a big Hollywood blockbuster. But that's that's right. good. That's a good thing. I like those. It's but it's the kind of film where where I can see why the the Academy have snubbed it because it's not your sleek chic sleek chic sleek chic uh, she, uh, shiny sheen. <laughs> Hollywood movie. It has rough edges. It's called Uncut Gems for a start. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The supporting cast, Lakeith Stanfield, who is in so many of my favourite films, he is brilliant. And uh, it also has some people playing themselves, including The Weeknd, who's in it oh. for a couple of scenes, and a very famous basketball player who I think is called Kevin Garnett, who is playing himself because it's set in 2012 and uh, Kevin Garnett is the basketball player that Adam Sandler's character is betting on. Right, right, right. And his team. And so Kevin Garnett is plays himself. And he's phenomenal. He's great. For a first-time actor, you would never know. Right. right. Uh, well, that's the kind of films you like. Like I feel like films like this are ones that people wanted to just make because they really liked film, rather than they had a goal of making lots of money or a goal of yeah. making lots of awards happen. They instead just really wanted to make the best film they could. And that's what I like. The last, The last thing I'd say is... About 10 minutes after the credits rolled, I was back in my my hotel room. I was in Perth working with one of my colleagues last week and we went to see it. I was back in my hotel room and my heart was still going at 100 miles an hour. Very good. Now, this film is is on Netflix. So, or rather, it's going to be on Netflix very, very soon. So absolutely watch it. But again, with all these things, put your phone away. No distractions. Just let yourself be absorbed by the movie. I absolutely loved it mainly for how good Adam Sandler is, but just the the way that the cacophony and the crescendo it gets to is phenomenal. And it has been robbed of its place in the Oscars, certainly for Adam Sandler. Oh, well, maybe next time. 20 years, he's going to make his next big hit. The thing is, and this is, this is what I'm, we've talked about before, actors who are clearly capable of so much more. And the, the, the performance that keeps getting raised in these articles when it's being talked about his career best is Punch Drunk Love, which he did yeah. in 2002 with Paul Thomas Anderson, which I, I've not seen, but watch the trailer and I can see where people would compare this uncut gems to this previous film. Mm-hmm. But that film was 17 years ago. Mm-hmm. Was it, it's 17 years between critically acclaimed performances. You're not do, You're doing something drastically wrong he's having he's having fun he's enjoying his life and then he puts in a big bit of work every 20 okay. years i think there's a, a life motto or a life uh theme the is, you and i should is take on board he or is daniel day lewis going to end up <laughs> making the most critically acclaimed films that's the question <laughs> that is the question the thing is it's proven to me that adam sandler can act and yeah. can act very very well and he should take more of these movies yeah, he's Absolutely. a talented lad there's a lot. There's a lot of like, under. He's proven uh, me wrong. I'll tell you that. I don't want. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And there's a lot. There's a lot of people out there that can. They've got reputations for not being good at what they do, and then it turns out 
Oh, they are. Okay, time is ticking away. Let's talk about three other stories which may have slipped your radar. The first one being the world's richest man whose phone was hacked by the Saudi crown prince. Now, this (laughs) story is just bizarre. It's so dumb. So, the Amazon billionaire, this is Jeff Bezos. Mr. Bezos. Who had his phone hacked in 2018. Uh, It's alleged that it was hacked because he received and opened a WhatsApp message that had apparently been sent from the personal phone of the Crown Prince of Saudi Arabia, Mohammed bin Salman. Now, bear in mind the bigger picture here. Jeff Bezos owns the Washington Post, and just five months later, Washington Post journalist Jamal Khashoggi was murdered at the behest of Mohammed bin Salman. Yeah. Let's put two and two together here. The uh, encrypted message that was sent by MBS to Mr. Bezos is believed to have included a malicious file that infiltrated his phone and sent gigabytes of data back to Saudi. James, this story is is mental. It's bonkers. This is what happens when you make friends with really bad people, right? It is genuinely something from a James Bond. What on film. earth is he doing? What's he doing texting like someone who is in like in a regime? <laughs> Just quit texting. Quit being friends with bad people, everyone. Which includes all of us not being friends of Jeff. <laughs> yes, indeed. So, according to the Guardian, who who uh, did this exclusive investigation, the two men had been having a seemingly friendly WhatsApp exchange when, on the first of May, the unsolicited file was sent and opened. And uh, why did he open? I the file? don't know. Large. <laughs> How do you be so? Su- Actually, no. Yeah. How you be so successful and so dumb is because that's just how it works. If you've got money, you make more money. Jeff, you're dumb. But it, it's, it is extraordinary that the future king of Saudi Arabia may have had a, a personal involvement in, in the targeting of the American founder of Amazon. I mean, like that's, that's less astounding than the fact that we know he had a personal involvement in the um, assassination of an American journalist. <laughs> yeah, that, well, that too. But that, that, to me, this seems to be the precursor to all that. Because how else did he get, you know, details or where he was? Or whatever, or... Yeah, this could have helped him get it. But it's, just, it's, um, it's like... How do we keep treating people in these situations like like they're not evil and then carry on making deals with them and carry on watching them do more and more evil? And and yet, what's going to happen? He's still going to become the king and we're still going to sell him weapons so we can get access to his oil. And uh, this was after, this is all again tied into revelations about Jeff Bezos' private life, which again, it's alleged, came after his phone was hacked. Oh yeah, he started getting blackmailed across the board. That's what happens when you got lots of money. Good thing neither of us do, James. Yeah, never going to get targeted by blackmailers because okay. I have no cash. Couple more stories before we finish. Uh, this one, Prince Andrew has been ducked, or he's been ducking out the headlines. Or actually, he's not even had to duck because his um, Prince Harry's just taking the limelight for him. <laughs> Prince Andrew is not getting reported on. This is the news that the Duke of York has provided zero cooperation. That's a quote to an FBI inquiry into Jeffrey Epstein. So this yeah. is the uh, prosecutor uh, for the... Oh, sorry, the prosecutors and the FBI who have contacted lawyers for Prince Andrew but are yet to receive a single reply. Right, yeah. I mean, uh, technically, but, he doesn't have to. Like, legally, he is not. he does not have to do these things because, you know, he's, he's a British citizen, believe it or not. Um... However, this is one of those times where you're looking at someone who's doing a thing that is clearly morally wrong. <laughs> if you knew that there was an investigation going into one of your pals who was 
evil. If you were a good person, you'd want to do everything you could to help the investigation. Yeah, exactly. Prince Andrew, by the way, is standing by his line that he did not see or suspect any suspicious behavior when visiting homes of his then friend. And when he was asked about uh, his relationship with Mr. Epstein on uh, BBC Newsnight back in November, he uh, said he did not regret the friendship uh, because it had some seriously beneficial outcomes. Right, like... Right. Like... I don't remember any of the outcomes that were beneficial. I'm sure there were ones that were beneficial to him. Yeah. Privately, uh, so, which are the ones that they're investigating. I mean, I would, I, I'm not going to try and say the media is too quiet on this because there is still some reporting going on. They are still digging into like how much, of, or how, how regular were, were the contacts between him, Epstein, and Epstein's like significant other. I'm, I'm sure there will be more to come, yeah. And they're, and they're going to keep digging. I, I am going to say, however, that the, the big old royals are being way too quiet about this. Why has the guy still got any of his titles? Get rid of them. I guess because, and this is uh, me playing devil's advocate as opposed to defending the, the monarchy here, I suspect it's because that will cause even more of a ruckus when in reality they can just say, right, Andrew, just be quiet, step aside. We won't touch you. You just don't do anything for the rest of your life. Oh, yeah. Like, but hopefully investigations expand and, you know, get all the folks that were involved there are still it's still going on and what was her name i can't remember epstein's wife girlfriend whatever it was oh i don't remember oh she's had her phone hacked her emails hacked that's the latest update hopefully not by journalists because then they're not really supposed to report what they what they hacked yep uh people are still investigating and uh, that includes some nefarious people who are investigating in slightly illegal ways. Okay, let's... I'm going to say phone hacking probably a bit not as bad as being involved in sex trafficking. Yes, let's make that abundantly clear. Okay, let's finish up with something slightly lighter. The newly unveiled logo for the US Space Force, which uh, is boldly going where Star Trek has already been. This is the... Donald Trump unveiled logo. We, we told you we'd get to him eventually. The yeah. um, the logo unveiled by President Donald Trump, which bears a, a an uncanny likeness uh, to the yeah. insignia used from the cult TV show. James, if, you do need to see a picture of this for it to, to to see the similarities. James, what's your thoughts on the, uh, the two here? Well, for starters, I, I thought they'd unveiled the logo a while ago, so I, I was quite confused. But then... Uh, <laughs> I hadn't really thought about the Star Trek comparison, so it was really nice to be reminded that the Space Force is happening and that it is just basically called the Space Force, which sounds hilarious. It is, yeah, and, it's literally called US Space Force. Yeah, and the logo is almost identical. It's got a rocket, a vague rocket-shaped thing pointing <laughs> upwards on a blue background with a thing um, orbiting the rocket shape. And the only difference is that the Star Trek logo has like stars in the background and this one's got Earth in the background. No, I mean, this one has, both of them have stars in the, the like the serious background, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. the blue empty space. But Space Force, Space Force of the US type, they've got, um, they've got some Earth there too. Can we, can we call just, them the US Starfleet Command? No, that would be too cool for them. Okay. <laughs> they don't deserve that. Unless the, the Picard other... show is really bad, in which case, yeah, we're running out of reasons to like Star Trek. The other news about the US Space Force, and you may have seen this from a couple of weeks ago, was that they unveiled their uniform, which is the tree camouflage uniform. 
What? For all the trees to be camouflaged behind in space. They've got camo for space? Yeah, seriously, it's it's camo. Wouldn't it just be wouldn't you just be better off in like a dark uniform that yeah, isn't or, reflective? Yeah, exactly. I don't know. But for some reason they're said, well, all the other military forces are in camo, which I don't think is true. Maybe it's just their training camo. Like Again, what, like, do the Space Force ever go to space or do they just like make rockets that go to space? And this- Well, see, here's the thing. I suspect that they will, but are they going to be having aerial battles in space? I doubt it, but I don't oh, know. Yeah. No, we're going to have fights in space before long. Yeah, but I don't think there's going to be any oh, no, men I, I, I mean, there. I think it's going to be about... It'll be about like sending missiles in space and shooting them down from space before they hit the yeah. Earth. Something like that. I don't reckon there's going to be any people in space in any of these space forces. Ugh, face of James, we're going to be obliterated off the planet at some point. This is It's just going to happen. It's inevitable. Ah. And then no one will know about Seesaw Parade. What a shame. <laughs> we'll get it on a satellite. We'll, we'll send up a little SD card with like oh. the best episode. Good idea. James, uh, thank you very much. How do people get in touch if they would like to? Oh, yeah, please. Uh, please tweet us at Seesaw Parade. Let us know your thoughts on the things we have said and let us know what big stories you missed out on so that we could talk about the films and TV shows that we watched. Uh, if you want a long form, give us a rant about something, send it via email to seesawparade at gmail.com. Do it. I don't I don't know if, if we've received any good emails lately, but it's always fun to get a good old rant, either about us or about the world. Because who doesn't like complaining? I don't know anyone that doesn't like complaining. Mother Teresa probably didn't. <laughs> she seems like quite the complainer. She wasn't a really good soul. <laughs> okay. She had some yep. pretty dodgy beliefs going on. I bet she complained a lot about actually good people. <laughs> yeah. That Desmond... I can't stand that Desmond. He's just he actually just like treats people's wounds instead of praying over them. <laughs> right. Okay. This is. I'm just far too tired for this. James, thank you very much. I've had a great time. I hope the listeners have had a, a good time too. Yeah. No. If uh, you've had a good time, please tweet us or email us about the good yeah. time you had. Otherwise, it's like when a tree falls in the forest doesn't make a when sound. Sea falls who knows? In the who knows if anyone? Who knows if anyone other than myself is hearing this sentence repeat back to myself? Well, me. Yeah, I know you don't count. All right. <laughs> and on that note, this is true. James, I'll see you next week. I, all right. S- see you, Colin. And goodbye, listeners. And just because you're especially bad, even though I've said it before, probably goodbye, Jeff Bezos. Ah. Seriously, Jeff, go away. Jeff, getting a shout out. Jeff's got to just disappear. Good for Jeff. <laughs>